0: Recognized nationally for excellence in clinical care, Lord's Health System. It's time for Lord's Health Talk. Here's Melanie Cole.
1: How important is blood pressure to our overall health, and what's the best way to keep it under control? My guest today is Dr. Hafisa Sheikh. She's a cardiologist with Lord's Health System. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sheikh. First, give the listeners a little physiology lesson. Tell them what is blood pressure?
0: Hi, Melanie. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. So to start with, blood pressure is usually defined by two numbers, by the systolic and by the diastolic, and a lot of times people refer to this as either the top number or the bottom number. So blood pressure is super important. It really reflects how your heart is able to circulate blood around your body to different organs. The other thing that we measure a lot of times is the time between the heartbeats, and that's the heart rate that you're familiar with also. Now, blood pressure is so important just because it measures the pressure that's actually in your blood vessels when the heart first beats, and then also when the heart is resting between the beats, that's the other amount of blood pressure that's left there. That's called the diastolic blood pressure. The reason we care so much is really blood pressure is implicated in so many important diseases that we see, including heart disease, stroke, and often these are very life-altering diseases. So, thanks so much for the opportunity to talk about this today.
1: So we hear about blood pressure, high blood pressure, low blood pressure. What are some of the causes of things that change our blood pressure?
0: Sure, great question. So one of the things that really changes our blood pressure blood pressure, excuse me, and this can change during your lifetime as well, is age. And the reason that happens is with age, sometimes the resistance and the amount of stiffness that your blood vessels and your arteries have can change with time. So honestly, one of the easy reasons for why blood pressure changes over time is just with the age and the change in your blood vessels. Another thing that can affect blood pressure is salt and sodium intake, and that has a lot to do with our diets. And unfortunately, the typical American diet, uh, sometimes composed also of takeout and prepared foods, is pretty consistently high in sodium. So that's another reason that people can gain hypertension or high blood pressure over time. Other reasons that you can get high blood pressure um, are also just a couple rare diseases that sometimes you may just be inherited or, uh, or something you may be born with as well. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is blood pressure can also change just from acute issues such as stress levels, lack of sleep, even sleep apnea can cause things. And these are important because these are potentially factors that are reversible and can change just at your modification.
1: Dr. Sheikh, tell us the numbers. What, what, is, what are the numbers for optimum blood pressure, borderline, and then what do you consider high?
0: Sure. Unfortunately, these numbers have been changing over time, too. So typically for the top number, that's what we refer to as the systolic blood pressure. A number anywhere between 120 to 139 is a pretty good number for the top systolic number. Once you get in the range where that top systolic number is approaching 140 to 150, that's usually the first stage of hypertension that we need to be aware of. The one exception in that situation has to do with age, meaning if you're above the age of 65, that top number can easily be just in the 140s, meaning under 150 total, and that's considered within normal limits. Now for the bottom number, Anywhere, anything above 90 when you're over the age of 65 would be considered hypertensive, but otherwise between 85 to 90 would be considered the first stage of hypertension. And ideally, you want that bottom number under 85.
1: So, if people are told that they have high blood pressure, and how often should people take their blood pressure or go to their local pharmacy and get their blood pressure taken? That's the first question.
0: Now, that kind of depends on a couple factors. So, one thing is sometimes You know, if you ordinarily don't have any other medical issues, then your blood pressure ideally should be checked at least once a year, every time that you see your primary care doctor, because this is really the first spot where we're able to screen and pick up cases of high blood pressure. If, in fact, the blood pressure is high on that first screen, it does need to be confirmed, though, either with subsequent visits to the same doctor or at least on confirmatory readings at home. The other thing is, if otherwise you haven't seen a primary care doctor, sometimes people have not gotten a chance to get in, then certainly you can go ahead and have your first check done at the local pharmacy or local convenience, um, uh, you know, wherever you're available to get a blood pressure machine from. Um, Otherwise, if you're not feeling well, that's also a good time to get your blood pressure checked. Often, sometimes people can just be feeling as if they're getting headaches chronically, maybe around the same time every day or going on for more than a couple of days in a row without any, without any other explanation, or even blurry vision or more progressive issues like shortness of breath when you're exerting yourself, all those can also be signs of the blood pressure being high, and that's a really good time to check the blood pressure. And of course, if you can check it right at that time, then that's fantastic as opposed to checking it multiple hours later when you're home and it could have already recovered by then. Now, if somebody actually has an established diagnosis of having high blood pressure, then typically their blood pressure should be checked at least in a doctor's office every few months, and that can be done either with a primary care doctor or with a specialist. And if the numbers are stable, then really the blood pressure excuse me, can just be checked maybe even once or twice a year at that point. And this is assuming that no changes have been made in the medicines. Certainly any time there's been a change in the medicines that's treating the blood pressure, then you want to ideally have it checked at least a few weeks after that change has been made just to make sure that things are stable.
1: So Dr. Sheikh, and we could talk about this topic for a very long time, but let's talk for a minute about medication because there are so many people go on, they hear about diuretics and calcium channel blockers and beta blockers and all these different things. What is the main intention when you put somebody on medication for high blood pressure?
0: I love these questions, Melanie, because honestly, these are questions that my patients do often have. And I love that they feel comfortable enough with me in the office to raise them, but I'm sure a lot of people may not always have the time or feel comfortable to discuss it with their doctors. And to tell you the truth, that's, that's one of my pet peeves. I figure if you're taking a medicine, I definitely feel that everybody should feel comfortable enough to discuss things with their doctors and make sure if they are having any side effects, if they feel the cost of the medicine is too much, or if they just feel like it's not the best choice for them. I do hope that they do discuss that with either their primary care doctor or their specialist, and I just want to make sure that everyone is aware of that. Um, Now, to actually answer your question, there are probably, I want to say, over 200 different choices for blood pressure treatment, and they range from medicines that have been around for decades and also medicines that are honestly still on the up-and-coming and being invented every day. So, in general, different classifications can include are also called water pills, other pills such as calcium channel blockers, beta blockers, and then also a little bit more complex class of drugs called ACE inhibitors or ARBs, which are angiotensin receptor blockers. Now, even outside of that, there's a whole other slew of medicines that are more of the miscellaneous or more advanced therapies for hypertension. Now, important things to keep in mind, usually diuretics or calcium channel blockers or ACE inhibitors. One of those three is usually the first-line medication. Diuretics are good because, as you know, sodium retains water, and if you can kind of let go of a little bit of the sodium and water that's in your system with a diuretic pill, that's sometimes enough to get the blood pressure down just a couple points. Calcium channel blockers are great because they can help do a reduction of the blood pressure without also leaving any significant abnormalities in your electrolytes or in your fluid levels. So that's another good first-go-to choice. ACE inhibitors are great because they can help decrease the long-term effects of high blood pressure. And there are effects that are seen in the kidneys or in the heart or in various different locations in the body. So in terms of diuretics, those are commonly things like hydrochlorothiazide or Lasix or furosemide that you may have heard of. In terms of calcium channel blockers, these are things like amlodipine, nifedipine, or nicardipine. And in terms of ACE inhibitors or Antihypertensive receptor blockers, these are medicines like lisinopril, uh, losartan, and Ramapril, and I could go on and on. There's just so many different medications. The important thing is you definitely want a medicine that's going to treat not just your blood pressure, but if there's any other issues going on in your health, such as diabetes, kidney problems, history of a stroke, or history of heart disease. That really helps to guide therapy. But aside from that, if you don't have any of those other secondary conditions, then often your doctor can choose from any of those three medications as their first choice. And again, as I said, communication is just so important, just making sure that you understand the potential side effects of these medicines, making sure that you understand why your doctor chose one over the other, and then just following along with your doctor, making sure that the proper effects are seen of the medication that were intended when they first prescribed it for you.
1: So give us your best advice in the last few minutes here about lifestyle and how things like exercise, which can lower blood pressure after just one bout, what you want your patients to know about the things they can do to control their blood pressure aside from and along with the medications.
0: Definitely. Exercise, diet, screening for sleep apnea, these issues are just so important because, as I tell patients, You know, if they want to go ahead and continue taking in a high-sodium diet, then certainly medications can be added on, but what's the point of that? If the underlying reason is that there's a high-sodium diet being ingested, then that needs to be corrected right off the bat. And high-sodium diet, if you just start taking a look at the labels around you, either from foods that are takeout, foods that you are maybe cooking at home, using frozen or canned products to create, a lot of them just have so much hidden sodium, you would be... So really important thing is I advise patients to go ahead and start taking a look at these labels. And you'd be shocked. You know, the vegetable soup that you may think is healthy and benign may contain more than half of your day's worth of sodium. And it's really important to become a label reader from that aspect. Take a look at the sodium. Take a look at the percentages that's listed on there. In terms of exercise, it's a hard proven fact. A few minutes a day of cardiovascular exercise added up in a week can really help drop the blood pressure a couple points. And that can be critical, especially if you're someone running a borderline blood pressure, that's maybe just a couple points higher than what it needs to be. The other thing is sleep apnea is often an underdiagnosed condition. And by correcting sleep apnea, that also can bring the blood pressure down into a normal zone sometimes. So ask your doctor if that's something that you should be screened for. And finally, of course, Excess amounts of caffeine, excess amounts of emotional or physical stresses also can raise the blood pressure. So that's something to be watchful of as well.
1: And Dr. Shaikh, tell us about your team at Lord's Health System. Sure.
0: We have a really great, really well-educated team with multiple locations all over South Jersey. Um, Really, everyone's been doing a great job, everyone from our physicians to nurses to educators within the system. So I invite you to definitely take advantage of our expertise. Call us; we're more than willing to help. Uh, I work particularly out of the Burlington location, but we have offices all over in Cherry Hill, Stratford, Sewell, and Berlin. Multiple different locations. Um, the best way to reach us is by going on for Lord's Health Services, and just reaching out to Lord's Cardiology. Be more than happy to
1: help anybody. Thank you so much. What great information! So beautifully put. For more information on Lord's Cardiology, you can go to Lord'sNet.org. That's Lord'sNet.org. And you're listening to Lord's Health Talk. This is Melanie Cole. Thank you so much for listening.